There we go. Okay. Uh, hello, everyone, and welcome to a Thursday evening edition of Dating Kinky Live Presents. It's the first Thursday of September. Wow, we are entering the, the third third of the, I guess, is trimester you know, of the year. You know, I can't believe it. We're in you know, September already. And uh, it's the first Thursday of the month, so that means uh, we get to uh, uh, visit back with uh, our uh Kink and Online Privacy uh, webinar, Keeping Secrets, and our host, uh, Veer Koto. Veer, uh, what topic are you going to be discussing tonight, and who is your guest? Well, uh, we'll be doing uh, Privacy in the Police, and I'll just do my, my normal spiel. Uh, so, welcome to Keeping Secrets. I'm Veer Koto. Keeping Secrets is a web series produced by Dating Kinky about the intersection of kink and privacy. In this series, we'll be talking about the hidden dangers, hidden allies, and practical steps you can take to protect yourself and your community. We give you the information and tools to make informed decisions that are right for you. These webinars are recorded live and then released as a podcast. So if you're interested in participating and you're comfortable sharing, you can join us uh, for live chat and questions like the wonderful people that we have tonight are doing. I am your host, uh, Veer Koto. I am a geek, a kinkster, and a privacy advocate. You can check out my website at veerkoto.com. You can email me at veer at veerkoto.com or uh, I am on FetLife as Virkoto, all one word. The opinions expressed in this series are my own and or of those of the guests in this case. Your mileage may vary. Consult your doctor if after taking my or the guest's advice, you have an erection that lasts more than four hours. So as mentioned, uh, tonight's topic is privacy in the police. Uh, we'll be shifting our, away from our usual uh, presentation format to do uh, the second of uh, of our interviews. Uh, and this time I am joined with Lorenzo, a uh, former 20-year uh, police veteran, to talk about what happens when your kink encounters the, the cops. Um, maybe the police have heard a noise disturbance or you're driving around with your toys um, and you're stopped by a police officer. We're going to talk about what you can do to try to de-escalate the situation and get out of there with uh, not only your privacy, but maybe your autonomy intact. And uh, again, and also reduce your chances that you'll get arrested, maybe possibly prosecuted. I'll be asking Lorenzo questions, and then we will take a quick break for our amazing sponsor, followed by audience questions. So feel free, if you're comfortable, to speak up in the chat and ask your questions. Um, I do want to put out one more disclaimer before I welcome Lorenzo, which is that um, neither Lorenzo nor I are attorneys, and the opinions expressed in this uh, episode are not legal advice. Um, you should always consult an attorney um, for legal advice, and neither he nor I are attorneys. Um, this is me asking questions and him recounting uh, his experience. So uh, with all of that said, uh, welcome, Lorenzo. Yeah, welcome, Veer. How are you? Uh, I am great. So why don't you, why don't we start off by uh, giving some maybe of your credentials or your experience uh, with yeah, policing. All right. I was a police officer for 35 years. And in the 
seen a lifestyle for 40 years. So I had a occasion to interact with people in the lifestyle way back in the day when it was shunned, you know, and we really didn't know much about it. And I was able to help in some situations and uh, keep people from getting arrested, basically. That's that's very useful. And, and as you mentioned, uh, the way that BDSM has uh, is perceived has really shifted uh, over time. But I think maybe a good place for us to start is instead of thinking, well, is since we've talked about how BDSM is perceived, let's talk about uh, the legality. So let's start at the very bottom, which is, is BDSM legal? Um, and I'm going to be primarily talking about the United States. Um, for Canadian um, participants, um, where I know of the law, I will try to jump in a little bit. But I'm going to we're going to primarily be talking about the jurisdictions that Lorenzo has experience with, which is um, the U.S. So with that, is BDSM legal in, in the United States? For as the term BDSM, we know that that's not legal in the United States. And some of the practices uh, can fall under crimes like assault, depending on what type of tools or weapons that are used. You know, you can be from a misdemeanor to a felony. So as a rule, what we want to do is get out of the idea of using the word BDSM when you have any interaction with law enforcement. Um, I want to I come back to that. Uh, so I did a little bit of, of Googling, which is maybe the dangerous thing, which is why I said I am not an attorney. Um, but as I understand it, uh, BDSM uh, is in the United States a Class A or Class B felony, depending on whether you do it with your hands or whether you do it with a toy. Uh, so it's a class A felony if you just use your hands, if you use, a, if you use an instrument is a class B felony. Um, and it is roughly the same um, in Canada. So you cannot uh, injure someone. And it's also the same in the UK. You cannot, and obviously the, the specifics of the laws are different, but you can't injure someone, nor can someone consent to be injured. Um, and so because of that, uh, BDSM is is not legal um, in in these countries, and uh, and and so I'm interested. So you started saying that we shouldn't use the word uh, BDSM when we're encountering uh, law enforcement. What what would you suggest instead? Uh, with with law enforcement, the mere fact if you say BDSM, you're basically saying, "Hey, officer, I'm breaking the law." But so at that point. A lot of the officers don't have a choice in anything they're going to do. So any reason to have police encounters and some type of sexual activity or fetish activity, something like that, you want to have keywords like uh, adult, consensual, kinky sex. Uh, that takes away a lot of any of the elements you know, of illegal activity. Uh, but you don't need to use the words BDSM, particularly because that's we already know it's illegal. So we definitely want to stay away from that. But keep the adult and the consensual part. Kinky sex can be interpreted in many ways, but there's no law that says you can't have kinky sex. That's a really great point. And, and as you implied, uh, you didn't directly say um, police officers, as well as many others, are mandatory reporters. So if they are seeing something that could look like 
abuse, domestic abuse, they are required to intervene, whether or not even they agree with it, uh, or even if they think, oh, this is just this is just kink, and maybe they're even part of our community. Um, legally, they're required to intervene, and, and a police officer is certainly required to, um, to, if they see something illegal, mm-hmm. they have to take action on it, um, or you know they could they could lose their jobs. So that's a really good point. And using using terms like you know consensual adult activities is vague. It, it can be accurate and vague, or kinky sex, right? Because we don't know what you know. Kinky sex can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. So, um, so let's, let's talk about, um, and you've mentioned that, um, you've used your knowledge to, um, to help people. Um, so have you found, uh, BDSM or kink? I mean, I think you've answered the answer. Yes. But when, you know, maybe somebody has a noise disturbance or, a um, something like that, is that, is that a come up for you in the past? Yeah, definitely. Uh, especially way back when it wasn't as broadcast as much. Um, I've come on the scene of a situation and just based on my knowledge was able to see that something else was going on. So the strange part is when I'm able to walk up to someone and ask them, you know, what are the dynamics here? And you know, my partner has no clue what I'm talking about. And the person that's involved in it is is kind of happy in a way, but they really don't know should I really talk to this officer or not. And once we talked, it was explained and I knew exactly, you know, what was going on in the situation and was not mandatorily going to make an arrest. It still put me in a tricky situation because there's some things that by law, if I see certain injuries, certain calls, certain things that I see, I'm mandated to do. But depending on how I was able to articulate it and my experience and all, then I would have to. I was able to maybe, let's say, take a miscellaneous report, but not have to make the report or an arrest based on my knowledge. Okay. So, other officers. Oh, sorry. No, I was just saying that not everyone had that knowledge. So, apparently, you know, eventually, I'm I'm labeled as the uh, the kink police, you know, with that knowledge (laughs) that others didn't have. Sure. So I, I want to come back to that, right? Because I, I can imagine it be very it being very tricky for you, even as a kinkster. Maybe you see something, you know, and they're saying, "Oh, this is just 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 BDSM," and maybe there is something going on. So that's a little bit more challenging. Um, I can imagine, you know, if some if there is some actual um, abuse, and you know, and then the person says, "Oh, this is just BDSM," but I guess in that case as you've pointed out, they've already um, told the police, hey, I'm doing something illegal. So I guess you have a little bit more leeway and flexibility in, in, um, well, in the sense of you know, you're now obligated to intervene anyway. Yeah, de- definitely. Uh, it's, it's, it's a lot on what the first comments are by the individual and, you know, my experience because there's BDSM and there's abuse. And it takes full investigation and, you know, a lot of experience to be able to tell the difference. A lot based on both individuals also. You could have uh, a dom and a sub, and the dom could still be abusing the sub in a BDSM dynamic and still be breaking the law. So it gets very tricky, very, very technical. 
So one of the things that you mentioned uh, was that there were certain things that you might see that would be an automatic, well, now I have to keep this going. Um, and so I guess the, the inverse of that would be, well, if I don't see this, maybe I have a little bit of leeway. Um, I think you mentioned injuries. So um, what what other kinds of things might you see that would uh, kind of force your hand to 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 take some kind of uh, disciplinary uh, action? Yeah, a lot of things are based on the initial call. You're mostly going to get calls from your neighbors. So if your neighbors don't know what you're doing, they're going to call every time. So we interview the neighbors. We check to see if there were repeated calls to this location, prior arrest. Then we interview all the parties involved. So I'm going to get the true stories and I'm going to make observations in the location, disturb things, uh, maybe things broken. Then we'll get into the physical, uh, certain markings, certain injuries that are not consistent with certain things. If I have all of those types of things, I'm, I'm going to be mandated and have no choice but to view this as, you know, a domestic violence situation. And they can explain it later on to the judge or something like that. But at that point, as an officer, you, you really don't have any choice on certain things. So you mentioned injuries. So if injuries are visible. So I would imagine that's, you know, bruising or cutting. Um, I'm, I'm just thinking about this in terms of very practical, right? So, um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna use um, in this conversation if I use gender pronouns at all, I'm gonna use um, kind of heteronormative pronouns. So I apologize, but I'm gonna kind of assume here a male dom and a, and a female a sub or a male top and a female bottom, not because that is the standard dynamic, but I and I, and maybe I'm wrong, but I would imagine that a police officer who's not used to seeing BDSM uh would be less likely to take uh this situation seriously because of gender um uh maybe some some uh biases that they have so you know a, a, an injured male might not be taken as seriously or or am i just barking up the wrong tree no uh you're you're right in that uh, there's a female and the male's injured uh they may not view it the same way. You know, society has dictated that the male is always the one that's going to do most of the injuries. And it's changing a little bit now, but it, it's still the viewpoint of uh, a lot in law enforcement. So um, this is one of the things that I would say as far as interacting, if I don't see certain injuries, then I can't say that, you know, certain th things happen. And that, that would come up to, I guess, something if you had any questions about how to appear, you know, to an officer when you. Well, I, I was just about to get to that. I was just about to get mm -hmm. to that, which is so. OK, so um, I mean, I, I think we're dancing around it. I want to kind of I think I think what I want to do is ask some questions and then we'll kind of go through a, a scenario. But what I'm hearing and, and you tell me if, if I'm if I'm if I'm getting this right is, you know, so a police officer is kind of. So somebody, somebody makes a complaint, right? You, you can't control that. So some neighbor hears some noise, they, um, they make a complaint, whether it's uh, out of concern or out of, uh, maybe they just don't want to hear the noise. Uh, mm -hmm. they, they, they make a complaint. 
And then you have a police officer, or maybe two, that knock on your door and say, this is the police. Um, I'm just imagining kind of a worst, like let's imagine a worst case scenario, right? So, so uh, the top has the bottom tied up and um and or you know they're doing some kind of intense uh maybe some needle play right so something that's that's and the reason i think those two are 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 important is that those are not activities that can be instantly stopped right Mm -hmm. somebody's if somebody's in a you know if, if somebody's being rigged you know and they're suspended um you can't just quickly immediately just cut them down. And if somebody is, uh, you know, has needles, you can't just pull all the needles out at once. Um, so, so let's talk about that. Um, and, and maybe, maybe, maybe not everyone's going to be in this worst case situation, but you know, how should the, the parties try, you know, what can they do to kind of give themselves some time to get out of the situation, you know, to, to get some clothes on or to do whatever they need to do and how should they best appear um, when, you know, when mm-hmm. going to the door. All right. So we're going to be under the assumption that the individual opened the door for the police. And we'll, we'll, we'll go from that point. One thing you want to do is to make sure that, that you're covered up from your neck all the way to your fingertips, anywhere where there could be any markings at all cover up. One person is going to come to the door and you're only going to open the door far enough to look at the officer and the officer look at you. They're going to ask, is anything going on? The neighbors have said something, this and this. And all you have to say is, no, everything is fine, officer. I'm fine. Keep it singular. I'm fine. Now, if the officer gets to, well, are you by yourself? If you choose to answer that, then that brings a second person involved. The reason that we say is I'm fine because you may never have to get into a second person. You also don't want to have the officer come inside for any reason. Legally, that they, they can't unless they have probable cause to think something's going on or they can observe something to make them feel that there's a threat going on. You, you don't even want the officer to stick their foot in the door because if you close it, now you've assaulted them by closing the door on them. They're going to push the door in, something like that. So you definitely want to keep it, keep yourself covered, keep it short. Everything is fine and then await anything further that they have to say. So you, you, there's a lot in there to unpack. Um, mm-hmm. The first of which is, um, you know, this issue, and I think a lot of the people listening are probably going to be thinking the same thing, which is, okay, do I have to open that door? And you, you already said, well, you're assuming that somebody's going to open the door. And I think one, and, and you know, you and I did have a, a kind of a brief conversation about this and, and, you know, you don't have to open the door, but I guess my concern would be, does the call, you know, does, does the call to the police qualify as probable cause of a crime being committed in that they couldn't, they can basically force the door open at that point even if you say, hey, I, I, you know, I come back with a warrant, you know, they can say, well, I have probable cause that a crime is being committed at this moment uh, because of the call. Is that is, is that a is that a valid concern? Well, depending on, you know, what what they have been told, if they believe that someone's inside really being hurt that much and they have probable cause, they're coming in. So if they're not coming in, 
they don't have the probable cause to come in. You don't have to answer the door ever in life if you don't feel like it. You don't have to open the door. You can have a discussion with them on the outside. You can even ask the officer, what is it that you need? Do I have to open the door by law? Make them tell you the laws. If um, they say, no, you don't, well, there you, don't, you, know, there you have it. You, you never have to open the door. You know, ask. It is your right to ask these things. So you want to minimize any contact that you have with them in, in any way that they can't see, hear, or anything like that. Because if they don't have the probable cause to bust your door down initially, they're going to search for it in your conversation with you. And they're going to look, they're going to listen, and you would basically talk your way into them coming into your house. I mean, I think there's a lot, uh, again, there's a lot there uh, in that even, even, if, even if they say you do have to open the door, by engaging them, you're going to give yourself that little moment of time and your partner that period to uh, kind of stall them enough to get maybe to get dressed. Definitely. So imagine they say, you know, oh, well, you do have to open this door and you go, okay. I'll, I'm going to, I'm, I'll be right there. Right. Uh, so, you know, you're telling them, Hey, I am, I am complying and I just want to put, you know, and you can even, and I I guess you could even say, and you tell me if that you can say, I just want to get some pants on. Right. Um, and you know, that might be, you know, that might give you that 30 seconds or whatever to, for you and your partner to, to get some clothes on. Yes, you um, want to be direct. Be very direct. Yes, I understand you, officer. Um, I don't have anything on. Let me get some clothes on, and I'll be there to open up the door shortly. Just be very direct like that. And and one thing you do want to notice, when you do open the door, see if they have a body-worn camera on them, because that's going to make a big difference in your scenario from that point on. Okay, can you say more about that? All right. If they have a body-worn camera, everything is recorded from the time that they've come up to your door to the time they leave. So in any interaction, this is where you asking questions. Is that by law that I must do that? Do I have to do that by law? They're going to have to tell you the truth or lie on a camera that's going to be recorded and used in the further. So a lot of officers are not going to do the same things that they would have done back in the day when we didn't have cameras. That's very important. You can ask the officer, is that camera on right now? Are you recording this? And then be very direct. Everything is fine. Nothing's going on. I'm fine. And and remember that everything you say is being recorded. Right. So, and, and by saying everything is fine, you're essentially, and I, I'm, I'm kind of spelling this out a little bit, for for people too is you're removing their probable cause of there being a situation now they might think you know oh there might be something going on but but the le- the less they have to go on the more the higher the hurdle is for them to exercise their power you know meaning if they if you know if they don't have the ability to walk in um the door and we'll get into why walking in the door letting them in might be a problem but if they don't have the ability to walk in the door then uh you know if you tell them everything's fine then the hurdle then then they and and they do have to get a warrant for example which they might or might not you know the information that they're 
have to report is, well, there was a there was somebody there. He said everything was fine. That's right. And remember that in order to get warrants and things like this, they, it's, it's it's tough to write a warrant up and say we approached complainant one and we lied to complainant one to gain information <laughs> about such and such. Officers can be deceptive in certain things and in interrogations and in certain ways of uh, obtaining confessions and things like that. But if you're really there for someone's welfare and you really want to, you know, be there truthfully, you're not going to lie to help somebody. Because uh, remember, also on camera, that's not going to look good at all. Officers, they're just not going to do it that way. They're they're going to try to get you to talk yourself into letting them in in your uh, you know your place. Right now, once let's talk about why that's a bad idea, and I'm actually gonna gonna sort of reveal that I uh, that, that I, I'm I'm one of those people that watches a lot of these YouTube videos of police encounters. Uh, God, I must watch like hundred hours of these police encounters, and there's mm-hmm. a book that I want to plug. I didn't write this book, but uh, there's it's a book called "You Have the Right to Remain Innocent." Um, and it's it's a good book uh, on on basically on how to stay silent. It's it's basically don't don't say anything for uh, it's just basically says don't say anything for 150 pages. Um, and here are all the reasons that you shouldn't say anything. But if some so if you do let your you know if you do let, let these officers in, um, at that point they can they can take anything they observe as evidence. Is that is that essentially the, the issue? Yeah, they can look around and, and see now this this just adds to where there may be a threat to someone like this. Because you have to have several things, you know, involved in that. So if they're going to see uh, the, the place tossed around, things broken, or somebody strung up with pins in them, you know, that now that's something different, <laughs> you know. But right. if they, you know, like I say, if they get inside, there was a question here by sure. Casey, do you have to let anyone know? If someone else is in the house, that's why I said when you come to the door, I'm fine. Keep it singular. No one else has to be mentioned unless you're asked. Is there someone else with you? The neighbors said they heard two voices, but you don't just come up with information first. You only be led by what they're asking. And then you can right, say, because yes. the other issue. Sorry, mm-hmm. sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, because hey, the other issue is that if you if you say some if you say anything to them, even something that's truthful, they can use that information. So you know, as you said, if you say we're fine, you know, as in the plural, and I know there are people who are plurals, but I'm going to put those those folks aside just for the minute and say, you know, I'm fine, uh, and they say, well, you know, the report we got was that there were two people. You, you know, you don't have to confirm as you, you're, you're saying this, like you don't have to confirm. Oh, there, there are two people. You can just say, oh, I'm fine. No, you could stay and with, with I'm fine. Make make them have to say something that we're going to check because of this, this and this. If not, they may not have the right to even continue at that particular time because it's only you that they're talking to. They don't know what's inside that place. Right. And I think the other piece of this is also and I, I mean, I've got a lot of other questions, but I want to stick on this for a little bit. Mm-hmm. If. If they, you know, so, so, you know, and I'm, I'm saying this partially for, for listeners and, and, the, and the audience here, but, you know, so there's a police encounter. You say, I'm fine. They, they say, well, there are two people. You don't have to answer, right? Isn't that the point? Like you no. can say, well, I'm fine. 
you know, and if they say how many people are in the house, you can just choose to say, I'm okay. I'm fine. There's, you know, um, and that, and that's all you have to say. You don't have, to, you're not forced to answer anyone's questions. No, at, at some point your rights do come into play. There is a point where you can flat out ask, do I have to continue this by law? You got a call that there was something wrong. You see, I'm fine. Do I have to continue by law? Do I have to answer that by law? Because you do have a lot of rights. And remember, even up until being arrested, you have the right to remain silent. You know, you don't ever have to talk to police. You know, you, you're, you're, you've the, done a courtesy by opening the door, remember, from the beginning. Right. right. Now, they're going to now the police are, you know, and I don't and I'm going to put a limit on myself because this is a big topic for me. The police mm -hmm. are going to are going to use a lot of word tricks to to sidestep those questions. If you say, Definitely. You know, if, if, if you're if you say, do I have to do this by law? You know, they might say, you know, I'm just and I realize I'm answering your and I'm kind of turning mm -hmm. this around. But I want to make sure because I think this is something that some people know and others just don't know, which is, you know, they might say something like, you know, we'll get our we'll we'll, we'll get at the truth no matter what. Right. Or, the, or they'll they'll sidestep it and they won't answer that question. They might not say, well, yes, you do or no, you don't. Um, or they might say, well, I could call this in. I could get I could get a warrant. I could get dogs. I could get whatever. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I, let's maybe you can speak to that a little bit and then I'll ask one more question. Then I'll move on yeah. to some other things. Yeah. The, at yeah. that point, when someone or, or an officer knows that, you know, the law and that they can't really go any further. Now they're going to bait, bait you into something to get you to say something. They'll try to intimidate. They, they will lie at that point. Yeah, we'll, we'll get warrant. Well, you can get a warrant. I understand it. That's your right. And my right is to not continue this conversation. That's where that body worn camera comes in very handy, where you can look right into the camera. You're telling me now that by law, I don't have to speak to you, but now you're threatening me. And once an officer knows that's going to be on camera, this is when they're going to back away. You know, back in the day, they could say anything they wanted. They just pushed the door open. But things have changed a little bit now, especially with lawsuits and things. You do have your rights and it's on camera and it's going to be recorded. It's going to come on the, the daily news and everything. They don't want that. Uh, so there are two more pieces, which is um, one is, is if, if this happens, it might also make sense for you to record. If they're recording, you can certainly record them as well. Um, but the other is, you know, if they say, well, I could come back with a warrant or I could come back or I could force my way. I just want to make sure that people know. Um, and again, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not trying to do job here because you're the expert, but that if you say something like, okay, go ahead and get a warrant or okay, go ahead and break the door down. That's not something you should say. <laughs> no, you just understand. I understand that officer. Have a nice day. Everything is right. cordial. And, and just be very cordial. You don't want to have any suggestive lines, any ways that you look. If you do want to record, don't reach around and get your phone at that particular time. Tell them in the camera. I have a phone sitting right here. Do you mind if I reach for my phone because I'm going to record? Or you could tell them I'm going to call your dispatcher to have them record. Because once you call that line, that's a recorded line also. Right. I mean, I, but the reason I'm saying that is, um, and it, I guess it applies a little less here is, you know, in certain situations and we'll, I guess we'll talk about traffic stops because actually 
there are situations in which you might be transporting kink stuff and, and, and you get stopped. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do want to talk about that, but in, 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 even in this situation, you know, if you say to them, well, go ahead and break the door down, although you might be saying that sarcastically, in a sense, you are giving them permission to force their way in, you know, go ahead and do it is all right. Well, now I have permission to do it. And, um, and, and, and I think many people may not realize that. Um, and also you mentioned staying silent. One of the things that's, uh, that, that I read in this book, um, you have the right to remain innocent is that, uh, in, in the U S and Canada, simply, uh, remaining silent does not actually trigger your right to silence. You have to say, um, I'd prefer not to answer that. Uh, I, I am exercising my right to silence. Um, you can say, oh, I'm, I'm really sorry. And you can be cordial. As you said, you can say, oh, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, officer, but I'm not really comfortable answering question or I'm not really comfortable answering any questions. Yes. Yeah, so you, um, you don't, you, you don't do want... have to give them mm-hmm. as I understand. Mm-hmm. No, no you on. don't want the officer to use the excuse that I wasn't aware of, of their viewpoint. I wasn't aware of their status regarding this and that. So you want to be very frank and say, I'm choosing not to say anything at this particular time. Uh, I want a lawyer or by law do I have to? So be very specific because then there's no question in the officer's mind as to your stance or your viewpoint. Um, so, uh, and then there's just the one last thing before I start, because before we move on a little bit, um, which is um, just in, in, in regards to that, um, but actually, you know, we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that in a, in a later section. So, um, so we've talked about this in the, in the, you know, somebody's come to the door, um, I, at the end, I think we'll talk about, Hey, if you are arrested, what do you do? But let's talk about, you know, another scenario, which I think is, is pretty common, which is, um, so actually I want to, I want to reframe this whole thing. So what we've essentially established here is that playing at home, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, unless you live <laughs> in a pretty remote place uh, could be, could be detrimental. If you live yeah. in an apartment building uh, in a, in a densely populated uh, place and your walls are paper thin, uh, you know, that might not be uh, the best, uh, <laughs> the best thing you could do. No. Now, of course, during COVID, we didn't really have a choice of where else to play. Um, but normally in normal times mm-hmm. we have clubs, we have dungeons, we have places spaces we have cons um that we can go the challenge there is that to go to these events we have to bring our toys <laughs> yes. uh, to the event and uh and i guess it's the same issue which is toys that what, what we think of as at least many of us think of as toys are essentially weapons yes in some cases they are I mean, you know, uh, a whip is a whip, right? We, we, we go, oh, whips are so hot, but they're whips, uh, you know, but that especially applies to, to knives. Um, and, and something that I learned in New York is that there are rules regarding, there are national rules regarding the transport of guns. So there are boxes and there are procedures that you can take to legally transport a gun if you are legally allowed to transport a gun. There are ways you can do that. But in, for example, New York City, there are no legal ways to transport knives. 
No, not not in not in New York City. And so I'm thinking about okay, so you know, I mean, if you're stopped, um, and I think that there's two scenarios, right? One is that you're stopped, and then the other is that you're in your car and you're at a, at a traffic stop. So let's let's take um, because not everyone lives in a major metropolitan area where where you're yeah. taking a subway. So now you've gotten a traffic stop, uh, maybe you because you've uh, you were speeding. Yeah. So you were speeding because you're that excited to go to your party, <laughs> and uh, you know you've got uh, a trunk full of what are essentially fun weapons. And I don't mean that in the sense of fun weapons. I mean that in the sense of their kink, their kink toys, um, which an officer could interpret as weapons. Yeah. Um, so I guess the goal in that situation is to ensure that the police never open up your trunk. Right. Yes. And, and that's, that's the whole, the whole trick that the officers have. So basically on a traffic stop, you're stopped because you committed a traffic violation. You weren't stopped because there was something in your car that needed to be searched. You weren't stopped because there was something on you that needed to be searched. So you keep that in mind. What officers do a lot of times is come up to you and get your driver's license and this and this. Is there anything in the car that we need to know about? You'll hear that question all the time. Do you have any weapons in the car? That has nothing to do with the traffic stop at all. You don't have to get involved in that question whatsoever. And you can ask the officer, do I have to answer that by law? This is a traffic stop. You have my license. If you're giving me a violation, I'll take the violation. No problem. But I'm not going to, to discuss anything in my car. They don't have the right to search your car on a traffic violation but they can they can look into your car and i uh, and i forget that there's a obviously you'd, you'd know the technical term so if you've got you know on the back seat and they can observe it from the exterior of the car then then they can take action yeah that's different that's why in any type of thing transporting anything that you think you're going to use that you know weapons or anything like that Put it in your trunk. Um, if you don't have a trunk, wrap it up in a box or a bag or something like that. Put it under a seat. Don't put anything anywhere that's visible or anywhere that you can reach by hand. If you can reach something by hand, then it becomes a threat because you're able to reach for it. If you can't reach for it, it isn't a threat. So the main thing, the if you have a trunk, put it in the trunk. Go ahead. Hey, well, I was going to say, and this, and this, you know, kind of get to the, the, the tricks that the officer may try to use, which is, well, all I have to do is call in and I'll get the dogs or I'll, you know, because they're going to say, well, I'm going to search for, you know, and they might say, well, I'm going to search for drugs. And then you'd say, well, you know, say, okay, or I understand what you're saying, officer, right? Which mm -hmm. is, um, and if they say, well, you know, uh, it'll only, you know, it'll take 30 minutes or 40 minutes for those dogs to get here. Do you really want to wait that long? And if you say something, you know, out of frustration, like, you know, go ahead or go ahead and get the dogs. Mm -hmm. By doing no. that, you are then giving them permission to extend that traffic stop. Yeah, that's why you want to keep your cool about this. They're always going to ask, can I search your car? That answer will be no. Uh, they'll say, well, why don't you want me to? Do you have something? 
Your answer is no. Don't get into a discussion about that. In some states, there's a time limit on how long you can stop someone before you take some type of police action. You know, some places they just can't play with you forever. If they bring a dog because of its uh, marijuana or something like that, then they can do that. If they, if you have marijuana in there and the dog smells it and they're in, then they're going to find what you have. So that's on you on that point. But you can refuse your car to be searched. That is your right. You were stopped for a traffic violation. But I think the key here is not just they can bring the dogs, but in many states in the United States, they cannot extend that traffic stop beyond the initial traffic violation unless you give them permission to do so. That's so true. if you say, well, go ahead and bring the dogs, you're giving them permission to go and get the dogs. That's right. Whereas That's if you say, I understand, or, you know, I would prefer not to be searched or, you know, or basically some kind of no, that's different. And in many states, they and can't I'll tell you, I'll bring the dogs, I'll get a warrant, but they can't legally do that. No. And that, that's, I think that's the part that I, I think is missing often is that it's kind of assumed by people who know this stuff. It's like, well, of course you, you, you know, say no, but by, you know, it can be easy to be frustrated. Well, go ahead and bring the dogs or go ahead and get a warrant. Yes. Right. But by doing that, you are creating the situation for them. Yeah. That's why you want to stick to short answers. A rule of thumb that we always had with law enforcement was yes, no, I don't know. And that was the end of it. But you, you stick to no and you be cordial now, with it. Now, the, the other piece of that is... Um, is identification. And this depends greatly on your jurisdiction. If you're stopped in a traffic stop, you're, you have to, and they ask for your ID, you have to give them your ID. You have to have your ID because you're driving. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and some States in the United States are stop and identify States. So police officer stops you on the street and they say, what, give me your ID. You have to give them your ID, but other States and other jurisdictions, uh, you only have to give your, you only have to identify yourself if you're, uh, in some places, if you're detained and in some places, if you're arrested. So, you know, it, I think it, it makes sense to find out where you are because they might even say, um, and this is pretty common, well, what's your name? And you say, well, I'd prefer not to, not to give you my name. And they, and they'll say something like, why don't you want to give me your name? Or they'll say, well, you're impeding a police investigation. I'll arrest you for impeding a police investigation if you won't give me your name. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's a, and as you, you know, if you've implied, this is a, this is a big type of threat that they might uh, come to you with um, that. Mm -hmm. But if you don't, but you don't have to actually give it to them. No. Um, if there's a big thing going on and there's an investigative um, questions and this and that, you'll know. If you're stopped on the street, I don't know that many places where you have to have an ID. There's no law that I've seen that says you have to have ID on you while you're walking. If you walk in the middle of the street and you commit a traffic violation and they're going to give you a ticket and you don't identify yourself, then there is some laws that say failure to make identity known. They do have some laws for that, but that's because you've committed some type of violation. But just walking on the mere street, you can give any information you want verbally. You don't have to have your ID on you. Some people don't carry ID on you. And in many cases, you don't even have to give your name if you're not the target of something, if you're not going to be arrested or something like that. You don't even have to identify yourself. 
uh, for driving. Yeah, yes, I mean, we're just kind of yeah, yeah. Driving is different because you have to have a driver's license and yes. uh, to, in order to drive a car. Right? Yes, and you and, and you no signed, you where signed you that when you got your license, you signed it that I will carry this and I will present it. You know, a penalty of such and such if I don't. But that doesn't mean the passengers have to. Only no, the driver. In many states, no. Uh, that I know, the passenger doesn't have to identify themselves at all. So, so those are some things. So, so let's. Um, and I know we're. I know there are a lot of questions, or there are going to be questions coming up. So, um, so we've talked about. I think the two most common scenarios. I want to talk a little bit about uh, being. You know, what happens if you're arrested. Um, but then I, but then I want to make sure that if there's anything that you that we didn't cover that you want to be like absolutely sure that we cover before we get to questions. Mm-hmm. But I want to just kind of focus in on. All right, so someone zealous has decided that they're going to arrest you, and they can of course do that at any time. You know, whether it's a right, you know, whether it, they were in the right or in the wrong, they can still arrest you. Mm-hmm. And in the and this is where. Um, most of our, uh, most of the people that are participating are either in the U.S. or Canada, um, or in the U.K. And this is where the U.S. is different and distinct from either Canada or the U.K. Um, and I know a little bit about Canada, and I'll talk a little bit about that. Can I? Th- I know that's something you and I have discussed, which is in the U.S. You can exercise your right and say, "I won't speak without an attorney," and I won't answer any questions, and they have to stop interrogating you is is that is that correct yes and in america yes you you do have the right to remain silent and you have the right to remain silent till you have an attorney and be counseled like that that is your right in america and to have that attorney present during questioning yeah present in some way they could be on the phone or whatever the case like that but they are at your disposal to advise you before you say anything in any fashion, and you can remain silent. That that is, and of course, the right. police will try their. Sorry, no, I didn't hear you. I, sorry, there was some. There was some. You cut out there for a second, but yes. Yeah, say so that's um, your major right. You, you basically, mm-hmm. yeah. But they're going to try their best to get you to wait. Oh, come on! It'll take forever. It'll be so much easier if you just sign this away. Def- definitely, and that's that's just something that is used like that. A lot of people give up their right immediately, and they they really don't have to. I mean, that it's a right that has been given to you. You need to use it. Now, in Canada, uh, it's it's a little bit different. I know we've got some Canadian listeners, and I'm currently in Canada. In Canada, you also have the right to remain silent. The difference is, and you also have the right to counsel, but you don't have the right to counsel, meaning an attorney, being present during questioning, nor do the police have to stop interrogating you. So you can say, oh, I, I don't feel comfortable answering any questions. And they can say, well, that's fine. And then they can just keep you in the room and keep asking you questions. And you can say, well, I'm really not comfortable answering questions. And they can keep you in that room um, essentially as long as they want. Now, of course, there's a, a practical limit, but that mm-hmm. is something to be, to be aware of um, as, as one of the differences between um, the U.S. And, and Canada and a lot of Canadians apparently believe that they have the, the the same Miranda rights as, as United States citizens, but things are just a little bit, a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason this is so important is that, and I, and I know this is obvious to you as a police officer, but, you know, at the point at which you're arrested, their goal is going to be to gather enough information, enough evidence to prosecute you. 
because they don't want to keep you un unless they can prosecute you. Very true. And, and so that means that they're going to look for you to give mm -hmm. them reason to gather more information. Yeah, if they arrest you and, and say inside a residence, then they're going to do their warrant or they're going to go by view and they're going to, you know, obtain, obtain evidence and all that. But as you say, for the stronger case, a confession or any information that you give is what's really going to, you know, seal the case, unless it's just something so obvious. That's where being quiet is sometimes your best defense. Uh, and, and of course, also knowing uh, and talking with your partner or partners about the same, right? Which is, you know, it's it's no use if you're if you're silent and your partner's telling me, well, he he did beat me with that switch <laughs> and he tied me up and he cut me, right? Yes. Um, so that's a conversation that's important for us all to have with our play partners, our romantic partners, and whatnot about, hey, if the police come, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. you don't have to say anything to them. Um, so. Um, now, the, I guess the last piece that I want to make sure, and, and, and I know this is kind of outside the police, which is um, traveling with toys. And, um, and I know this is a little bit outside your, your jurisdiction, but if you're flying, um, I mean, I think we can we can look at the TSA rules, right? Obviously, yes. don't bring your toys on carry-on. <laughs> Right? Yeah. Know, don't um, bring your knives. <laughs> don't bring your rope uh, in your in your carry-on luggage. Yeah, for, for TSA right now, you can go online and punch in what, what can I bring. And TSA has a website with every item, and it tells you yes or no. Uh, you want to wrap up knives very tightly so no one can cut themselves. That's a major issue with them. Uh, guns have to be in a hard case with the ammo separate, a case that could be locked. And you check in your luggage. Don't take it on the plane. You check it in and advise the check-in person, what is in your bag. And they'll make their all their notifications like that. But you can travel with a lot of items, you know, especially if you're going to a, a meet, knives, floggers, paddles. There's a lot of things. They're restricting things like uh, propane, things like that, gasoline, and stuff like that you can't fly with. But you can get away with a lot of things if you check your bag in. Right. I mean, because, look, a, a flogger, you know, if you take you try to take, take that on your in your check-in, that's a weapon. But on your carry-on, well, that's not their that's not that's not their problem. And I mean, I've flown internationally with toys and paddles and 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 floggers and rope, and no one's ever given me trouble mm -hmm. um, with with that. Um, but of course, you know, just one of those things. Like here are the places that we've uh, that we can you know get in trouble. So, kind of want to summarize and ask you the last question, which is anything before we get to questions. But so, if there's a complaint at your house, uh, say as little as you can. Come to the door. Use the singular. If you're going to an event, and by the way, I think this is a good plug for going to events when events come back and events are safe. Um, you know, if you're going to a dungeon or a play space, it's a lot safer in terms of someone calling the police than going to, you know, having this in your home. Um, if you're stopped, you know, for a traffic violation, you know, you don't have to, you don't have to accept a search. You just say, no, I'd prefer not. No, thank you. I'd prefer not to answer. Uh, if you're stopped on the street, 
street, same thing, unless they believe that you have committed or are about to commit a crime, you don't have to give them, you know, reason to search, you don't have to give them permission to search. And, and lastly, um, oh, and if you're arrested, of course, stay silent. And I'll, I'll plug that book again. I, such a worthwhile read, um, which is um, You Have the Right to Remain Innocent. It's a, it's a great book, totally worth uh, the read. Um, and uh, there are tons of police videos. I'm going to plug this YouTube series that I like called Audit the Audit. And they have tons and tons of, of, uh, of police videos and interactions and uh, kind of outlining what your rights are and what the rights of the police are and Mm-hmm. and how to best handle situations and then again uh, if you're flying on an airplane uh don't check in you know d- sorry don't carry your toys in your carry-on check them into your uh checked in luggage um and if the and if there is something that needs to be uh, sp- that needs special treatment like guns or knives um you know be sure to comply with whatever uh One other thing with that, too, sometimes we forget what's in our bags, especially if you're doing a lot of meets and uh, shows and things like that. You you just may forget. You come up on TSA and they see that knife. They're going to ask you, first of all, do you know anything about this? Because they want to see your intent if you're trying to get that knife through there or if it's a mistake. And of course, it's going to be a mistake and it's a tool of a trade that you do. It's not there for your weapon. It's a tool for what you do in a certain kink community, you know, and sometimes they will give you the option to mail it back to yourself or mm. dump it. They can't arrest you, but a lot is on intent. You know, if you are trying to sneak a knife in, they're going to arrest you. If you didn't know and you're able to convince them that this comes as a part of your you know, training that you do or this or that, they may give you the option to mail it you know, or dispose of it like that. So it's being honest like that can go a long, long way. I see someone that said, if um, the officer threatens you and says that you're impeding an investigation, I mean, if there's a serious investigation going on and you ask them, do I have to do this by law? And they say, yes, then show them your ID. If you find out later on that it's not, and you want to make a complaint, then your complaint will say, I asked the officer such and such, he advised me this, his information was false, and you take it from that point on. Yeah. So um, we're gonna we're gonna take a break. I will. I want to plug those two uh, resources in the chat. Oh, but actually, before you know what, uh, I want to make sure there's any other before we do that. Any other anything that we didn't cover that you want to make sure we cover? Uh, we want to really stress that transportation thing. Um, if you have a big SUV, and you know, some people put things in suitcases, put put it in the back behind the seats. You don't want it anywhere where you could reach, where someone could see. If you know you're carrying certain things, just cover it up. Basically hide it from yourself, no matter what type, you know, vehicle that you have, if they can look inside. And you don't want to give them a reason to have to search inside. If you have a big truck with tinted windows, put the windows down. Then they don't have a reason to say you're trying to hide something. You're being deceptive in this and that. You know, you have to plan ahead when you know that you could possibly uh, be in someone's view in violation, even though you may not be breaking the law. Um, okay. Uh, so, so, um, that's, that's really good information. Uh, we're gonna, we're gonna 
break for Ryan to, to talk about how great Dating Kinky Plus is and, and why everyone here, if you're not already a Dating Kinky Plus member, you should 100% join. Uh, we're going to have questions and before, and I'm going to mention those resources in the chat. Uh, I want to also um, plug the next episode of, of uh, Keeping Secrets, which is going to be rejoining the scene, which is, a, I think, a perfect segue from here to the next episode which is um, I think for a lot of people it's there we're starting to wake up from our from our COVID hibernation and we're thinking about maybe joining the scene for the first time going to local events going to a con or maybe it's just been so long that uh, we kind of forgot <laughs> so we're going to be covering the, those basics of you know how do you how do you keep yourself uh, the very basic of how do you keep yourself uh, safe and private in in the scene um, and you're going either for the first time or um, for the first time in a long time, or if you're an organizer, what you can do to, to facilitate a, a safe um, community. So with that, uh, I will hand it off to Ryan for the, uh, the awesome plug. Well, I, and I want to um, kind of piggyback on Vera, what you're saying there about um, you're not next up of being rejoining the scene. And uh, I'm going to put the, the information for that uh, in the chat in a moment. Uh, and I mean, the, the joining is such an important part of that because with the uh, the pandemic and the quarantine that, you know, just about all of us have been dealing with, we're going to have, you know, kind of what I like to call like, what, two or three, like graduating classes of like people like who have been kind of deciding to maybe get out in the kink scene. And then there's like, what, an 18 month kind of backfill of like people not being able to do that really in person, you know, so there's gonna be a, a you know, it's gonna be a, a great timing for that class, you know, cause there's gonna be, you know, it's gonna be uh, kind of useful for so many people either getting back or, and then and then the, you know, like I said, the multiple classes of people that are gonna be uh, getting out and about for the first time, you know, cause it's been such a, such a backlog. So uh, that'll be uh, Thursday, October 7th at 8 p.m. It's the first uh, Thursday, uh, of every month. And, uh, next month we have a little special, uh, uh, caboose to that show because, um, our kink and mental health show was previously being held on a different Thursday that had a, a, a lead in, but you know, that, that lead in show, um, went to another night. So we're going to move it behind, uh, this show, you know, so, uh, untangled kink and mental health with, uh, lady ginger and mistress Ray will be, uh, going forward on the first Thursdays of every month at 10 PM Eastern. Pacific. So we'll have, have a nice little uh, double header for you, uh, October and beyond. So, um, and that's the information on both of those shows. So, uh, you know, if you have open Thursday nights, you know, you're certainly welcome to join us for both. So, uh, and now I'll, uh, you know, as Beer said, I'll move on, do a couple just minutes of a word for our sponsor, and then uh, I have some uh, questions gathered. We'll certainly be taking uh, more questions. Probably, you know, go maybe as late as like, you know, 9.30 or until we run out of questions. So, um, but uh, so my name's Ryan. I'm a producer slash Guy Friday here at uh, Dating Kinky. That's the hosting platform for this uh, webinar. Uh, Keeping Secrets is one of uh, currently, I want to say maybe one of, one of like 11 or 12 uh, monthly webinars we have going on every month because uh, we, you know, love the uh, kind of community and the kink and sex and, you know, uh, like education we're able to bring obviously you know we're reaching out to you know kind of some you know real life like tangible stuff with this episode which is uh certainly valuable information for everyone to know we uh we these episodes are free to attend for everyone who could join us live in fact this particular series we make free for everyone but we have you know um 
like I said, about 10 or 11 other webinars that um, for the people who aren't able to join us live, you know, we uh, make them available in an on-demand library. And then that becomes a benefit of our uh, premium membership uh, that we call uh, Plus Membership. So what is Plus Membership? So uh, uh, Dating Kinky, like I said, is a it's a it's a dating site. It's a kink and sex education site, and it's an online interactive community. So, uh, I, you know, I kind of already went over the uh, benefits of the uh, kink education site. We have a library of uh, educational webinars. Uh, Nookie, who is the Nookie Notes, who's the founder of the site, she has written eight or nine books on various topics like dating, uh, communication, uh, female relationships. Um, communication, orgasms. Uh, I think she has one she's working on now on uh, boundaries. Um, you know, so all kinds of topics. Um, and we have uh, other educational stuff uh, in there. In fact, we have one of, one of our guests uh, has provided, a, he's provided voiceover for, uh, we have a uh, learn to love anal kind of take home program that has a, uh, uh, you know, given that's kind of a hands-free uh, activity, I would say, uh, uh, you know, like uh, learning to get into that. So we have a, um, a male voice and a female voice to kind of guide you along that journey, you know, depending on what, what you're in the mood for. So, you know, we have all kinds of educational options. And then on the dating side, which I'm really looking forward to getting into tonight, because if you heard me talk at the top, we are dating app at long last. I've been, you know, this has been like uh, Linus and the Great Pumpkin, you know, Charlie Brown. Our app is finally, our 1.0 version is finally finished. It's been approved by Apple and Google. And the uh, Android version is already in uh, the Play Store, and the iPhone is either in tonight or will be over this weekend. So, uh, and everyone will be free to uh, check it out themselves. The app it will be free to all of our users. Uh, there will be uh, features coming for our Plus members specifically that will be um, uh, done in uh, future kind of versions of it. We, we have another version coming up uh, within the next month. So, uh, if anybody wants to check it out for themselves, and even uh, especially if you'd be interested in kind of taking a look around, maybe testing it a little bit, because we still are finding things that we want to just like little nips in the bud we want to do. I put in a link there of like, it's the datingkinky.com slash phone hyphen testing. Yeah, that's where uh, it will direct you to, uh, you know, get access to download the app and you can, uh, you know, take a look around, you know, see something, say something kind of thing. And then, um, you know, you're free to email us any of your feedback. But also we have a uh, a new Discord channel um, and with a uh, sub kind of a sub thread dedicated you know for uh, testing conversation. But you know it's a whole like you know community in addition to that. So uh, feel free to check any of that out if you're interested in um, you know the uh, you know what's going on with the app. Uh, if you're you know looking for a new dating app, specifically one that's non vanilla because it's a pretty open market still you know for that um, that niche. And then like I said, we're and we're also an online community, um, you know, the Discord being part of that. We also have an audio video chat channel that, um, that you know, we have uh, socials on and stuff like that. It gives people a chance to socialize outside of, like, kind of the online sending a message, receiving messages, you know, that sort of thing, looking at profiles. So, you know, you can have audio video conversations on this uh, this platform we have in our network called AirMeets. We have actually Nookie and I are looking at another platform, I think that we'll have to be able to do some of that as well. So, you know, lots of like, we, we definitely love fostering, you know, people uh, gathering together in as many different ways as, as, uh, as they feel comfortable doing. So uh, just to put a button on this, the uh, membership is uh, 10, 10, uh, $9.99 per month. Although if you buy in 
Uh, if you get like a bulk purchase, you can save, uh, I think for a year, you can save almost 40% off. So uh, there's the relevant links for that. We, really, we do realize like not everyone is like has the budget or the inclination to join it and, you know, to sign, you know, uh, commit uh, that investment any particular time. What we do hope is if you're enjoying events like this, please do keep coming back, you know, and tell your friends, you know, we, we really think word of mouth is going to be a big part of um, building this site to where it, we want what you want it to go. And um, you can certainly be part of that, whether you're a plus member or not. Uh, do feel free if you are a plus member uh, and you're in chat, let us, let us know, you know, give us a, give us a shout. We like to uh, certainly hear from uh, all of you. So that's, um, that's all of my spiel. Uh, so let me jump into what questions I've jotted down here. Um, okay, a couple of these, like I, I, I highlighted, like I was making a little dinner at the top. So feel free to just slightly move me forward if these are already asked. So uh, Marathon Man asks, what's the best way to handle taking pictures? Like, um, did, did you did you see that question? Did you, was that question already addressed? Uh, we didn't address it. I don't really understand it. So maybe. Okay. Maybe yeah, that's where. Mayor, Mayor, is Mayor, let me see if he's still. Let me see if Mayor Thumbman's still here. Um, Mayor Thumbman, if you, could you clarify the uh, the taking pictures, like the the context for that question? Sorry about that. Um, I should have probably asked in chat. Okay, it looks like Mayor Thumbman's typing, so um, we can probably just get it answered right from the top. <clears throat> um. Oh, I'm, can you try again? That, did, that didn't, okay, I'm going to go to the next one and then we'll come back. Um, yeah, let's go to the next one and maybe Marathon okay, Man sure, can, can sure. clarify. Uh, okay, again, this is one where I think, I think it might have been, I heard it, but I'm just, Spin Frog asked, are, aren't police officers, I think this is in the kind of the questioning part, aren't police officers allowed to lie? Yeah, they're, they're, they're allowed to use some deceptive techniques, mm. as, as they say, yeah. in certain, certain times and places like that, but it's all going to come out in the end and certain things you cannot do to obtain certain things. So it's going to look very bad if you lied to get certain things, you know, officers just can't flat out lie all the time for every reason. Well, they will be deceptive in some things, especially in um, trying to obtain maybe a confession or something like that. Lorenzo, let me, this is something just rang out from uh, me thinking about what you were saying earlier and you know, how you were kind of like, uh instructing you know the, the um you know the people uh, dealing with police to kind of like rephrase questions back to them i mean would you kind of more generally advise kind of as an overall like steer the conversation you as the um you know the person being questioned steer the conversation towards closed-ended questions you know versus open-ended questions meaning like you answering questions in a yes or no way and then kind of rephrasing their questions where they basically have to answer yes or no, you know, would, would you, but yeah, that, that seems, that seems that would kind of like avoid some of the ambiguity that where they can be deceptive. Yeah. That yes or no, or I don't know. It mm -hmm. keeps it very short. And if you yep. have a question about something, ask the officer. Yeah. Flat out. Are you telling me the truth? Is that a truthful statement you're saying to me? Because later on you can come back and tell them that I even asked the officer, was he telling me the truth? And, and also, yeah, I think there's even a way to phrase those questions, yes or no, too. So it means like, as opposed to maybe, and please feel free to keep me honest here. I was like, could you, could you clarify that versus like, let me get this straight. You know, are you telling me that you're asking me X, you know, or are you, you know, like, so there's even ways like, you know, like where you can, 
just avoid those way, those situations where they can they have a wider range of ways to answer. Yeah, you know, and that just yeah, you know, just because yeah, yes or no questions usually. If, if if every question and answer is like yes or no, like that that it kind of has a petering out like mechanism tied in where you know it's it's difficult to keep like p picking things from previous answers to then use like going forward. So yeah. anyway, it just seems like a well, good, good rule of thumb. Before we go to the next question, though, I'm actually yeah. gonna uh, look. I'm not I'm not the police officer here, but I am gonna yeah. put uh, my my opinion. Uh, and there's so there's two opinions on this. So one is. Before you are arrested, you know, actually answering yes uh, unnecessarily could be a problem, right? So, you know, you can just say, I'd prefer not to answer that. And that should be your go-to, right? Rather oh, than, yeah, you know, hold on, hold on. Because the areas where they, because this is, gets actually gets more important once you are arrested. Because once you are arrested, um Answering questions, even even sh yes or no, um, especially in Canada, um, which is or the UK, which is where some of our listeners are from, could be seen as keeping the interrogation going. So, you know, in the US, you can say, I I want to speak with my lawyer. I don't want to answer any more questions. Then they have to stop. In Canada, by you know, if they if they if you say I I want to. I want to remain silent. I want to remain silent. And they ask you a question and you say no. The minute you answer no, the clock stops. Everything resets. I say, well, they he was answering questions. So that's why I think it's so important to actually say as little as possible. Right. I mean, I, I'll just amend. I'll amend my point to like. Yes. Keep your answers as short as possible. And, and in, yes. And the I prefer not to say or or I'd like to speak to my attorney, are, are answers within that, you know, uh, kind of options. I, I, I kind of meant to say the first time, but, you know, to, uh, I'll kind of butcher Spears' point in that, yeah, I, I think that's advisable. Okay, we can move on. Okay, so, um, okay, so Marathon Man has clarified his question. So uh, Marathon Man says, what's a good rule of thumb for taking pictures of bruises after, say, paddling or caning? Who, who would he be taking the pictures for? Well, I, I, I guess... I guess, I guess the question, I mean, it, it seems like, you know, let me answer I, this. Um, I think, I think yeah. I can kind of give an answer for it. Yeah. So, because I also remember if I recall, this is one of uh, marathon man's first um, episodes that he's participating in. So we talk a lot about keeping your pictures private in other episodes. And mm -hmm. we'll, we'll talk about that in the future. So here we're really focused on the police so let's talk about if a police officer says, can I, can I look at your phone? Uh, that's a, that's a specific issue, or they can look over your shoulder at your phone. Um, but let's, let's, so let's kind of change his question a little bit to if the police officer says, can I look at your phone? What's the answer? That's a big no. And that's it. And so we don't have to worry about pictures of bruises unless the thing that you are looking at in front of the police officer is a picture of a bruise <laughs> and uh, you know and the answer to that is don't do that <laughs> don't look at pictures of bruises and injuries while you're talking to a police officer and in fact you may want to just keep your phone in its in lock you know locked or in your hand and taking video and not browsing through kink 
um, while you're well, talking with the police officer. And, and and like one just overall high rule, because especially if is he is um, relatively anybody who's relatively new is if you ever take a picture of a bruise, like do not include like other you know distinguishing characteristics of the person involved, me i.e. their face. You know, so yeah, that's yeah. And we talk about that in other episodes, and we'll yeah. we'll for sure talk about those those issues again. Um, uh, in fact, I was just uh, sorry. I'm just going to do a quick plug for myself. I was just on um, uh, Kinky Cocktail Hour yesterday. I think the episode's going to go out tomorrow or something. Where um, and we spent a lot of time talking about photos. So um, highly recommend checking out. Uh, that interview where we we spend like 40 minutes talking about photos, um, and that'll probably answer some of those questions too. Okay. Uh, yep. Yeah. And that's what is that? Um, uh, Lady Petra and Saffermaster. Yeah, Saffermaster. Yep. I'll I'll find a link to it while you're while we're going to the next question. Okay. All right. Uh, next question. Uh, Venenosis uh, asks. Uh, I uh, or it says I have an SUV. I use a suitcase in the back to transport gear. Is there anything else I can do to keep safe? Yeah, that was the one where I said to put it behind. Oh, oh, go, oh gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, that's what I okay. missed. Wait, that one, wait, as far, far back as you can. Yep, yep. All right, let me see if I have anything else. Um, all right, Andy said, uh, we were talking, this was during the TSA conversation. Andy said, it's more of a comment, but I think it's uh, useful to read a lot. Andy says, I've also flown internationally in the U.S. a lot of toys, including multiple knives in my checked luggage. I regularly get a TSA. We inspected your bag note left in bag, especially for electrics, but I've, I've never had problems. So, I mean, just one anecdote, but um, you know, just obviously, yeah, knives seem like, you know, as Lorenzo was saying, kind of in a different tier than everything else. So just, you know, you, you know obviously it's a, you're doing a risk assessment when you're traveling around with them. Uh, you know, a, a risk manage, that's a risk management decision that every every person needs to make, but just be very careful. Uh, does anyone else have any other questions? Uh, before we go, I also wanted to make sure that we, oh, I, darn it, I lost the uh, links. Sorry, Lorenzo, to you, you had wanted to plug some things uh for yourself so and i can i I'm really sorry i seem to have lost your plugs do you want to put them in chat yeah people uh, want to get in contact with you yeah if they want to be questions and get to uh get me on twitter at lorenzo 2016 um i do a lot of voice voiceover work if they want to discuss oh, yes. some of that um you know they could get a hold of me there and that that'd be the best way to get me. Yeah, he, he doesn't just reserve these pipes for you know uh, a webinar interviews. No, uh, yeah, this is this this is his instrument, you know, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what one thing, Veer? I wanted to stress for the people, like in reference to this, we're not condoning anything of illegal activity, but you do have rights. You need to know your laws. One thing I would tell people is to check your local laws online. Check them very carefully because specifically they will tell you what you can, what you can't, what you can transport, what you can't transport. Certain states you can't transport knives at all, so you wouldn't transport knives. You know, but you want to read can chefs transport their knives in the you know, in their work. So that, that's a 
Great point. And certainly in the news uh, this week, uh, you know, for anybody who's living in the U.S., we are not like really a country. We are a series of 50 states. I think mm-hmm. you've probably seen that in the news this week. So, uh, yes, please do check your, you know, when if you're traveling, you know, if you're traveling through states, like you need to be familiar with each state, you know, of like, uh, you know, just what are the rules of that state if you're doing something that is uh, – you know, just for lack of a better word, edge play, you know, type of stuff, you know, so be cognizant of the fact that what is what's legal in one state might not be legal in another. Yeah. Or in provinces. Um, and, you know, also the ACLU has great resources um, per state about, you know, handling, handling uh, these kind of interactions and in Canada, there are similar organizations and, you know, and, and of course, you know, and I think we need to mention this, of course, we're not, um, condoning illegal activity we're mm-hmm. not telling people to break the law and and you know but we are saying you know you do have uh we we as the king community are under uh, a great deal of of, of um scrutiny scrutiny yeah because of because of what we do and so we're essentially just trying to de-escalate police interactions in order to to maintain our our life you know our, our lifestyle and our livelihood and, and our safety um, so and so that's what really this is about. It's about you know it's about safety and it's about you know being able to live our our kinky uh, kinky lives. Okay. I want to put in one uh, one related episode we've done uh, before um, was uh, we uh, Nookie had a conversation. We had a, a weekend of uh, webinars related to non monogamy, and Nookie had a conversation with uh, someone who was uh, very well known in the kink scene, uh, Attorney Lady Steele. Uh, who did a conversation on non-monogamy and the law. And I certainly recommend uh, that as kind of like a, um, you know, a related, you know, kind of chat for those of you who want to, you know, kind of be more familiar with, um, you know, the, uh, again, the risk management, the potential pitfalls, uh, you know, around uh, non-monogamy. So, and I think she also teaches a BDCM in the law class as well. Uh, she is a kinkster and an attorney. So as the name indicates, so do feel free to check uh, that out. Uh, I'll just, um, you know, as we wind down, I'll just segue into some uh, upcoming events. I mean, I, I, as you saw earlier, I put in the, uh, when the October Keeping Secrets um, episode, we, uh, October 7th. Uh, as far as next week's concerned, we are Monday, Tuesday, and Friday. Uh, Monday, we have Kinky Book Club with um, Ann J. Cole. Uh, she's going to be interviewing author Madeline York. That, that's an 8 p.m. start. Tuesday is our UK uh, rope class, naughty time. That'll be 8 p.m. UK, 3 p.m. Eastern. Uh, and we're going to be doing like, uh, let's be like a safety topics, uh, safety September uh, episode. And then uh, really looking forward to this. Um, next Friday, Femdom Friday, uh, finding your inner confidence uh, with uh, guest presenter, Miss Pearl, who is just awesome. Uh, she came, was on with us before at a, um, I think it was like a femdom panel or it was like a dating panel, I think, but she is just a complete rock star. So please, I, you know, all, all three episodes recommended, but, uh, Ms. Pearl especially is pretty awesome. So, um, do, but do feel free to, uh, check us out if you're available next week. Let me put in the generic, uh, events link too. Um, and you know, for the non-fet life people in particular, and then, yep. And then that's, uh, I know I bombard all you guys people with links. That's why, you know, that's why Nookie calls me the link slut. But um, uh, anyway, please do uh, chat. Uh, can we give um, our uh, host and special guest a, uh, you know, a round of applause, either the emoticons, the, 
the hoots and hollers in the chats and, and yourselves. We appreciate all of you uh, spending your Thursday night with us and all of your questions. Um, but um, this was a um, this was a wonderful conversation, gentlemen. I mean, I think like I certainly I, I um, you know some lessons I will be taking to heart. Uh, you know, and um, you know, just the kind of thing like you know you, you can never be too familiar with because um, you know it's like you'll you never know when, you know, you'll be the one in, in this situation. You know, it's like, what's, what was Mike Tyson's line? It's like, you know, when, uh, you never know where you're gonna be hitting the mouth. What's that? Oh, you, everybody has a plan until they're hitting the mouth, you know? And, uh, you know, it's, yeah. So, um, okay. But, um, all right, I'm going to hit stop on the uh, recording. And like I said, this will be the last,